0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Better at Beach podcast. My name is Mark Burrick, and we are here with our head online coach, Matt Hazel. We're running the second recording of today. Something went wrong with the sound, so if you guys were watching the live stream, thank you for commenting and letting us know that it was all going wrong. So we're going to have the same conversation that we just had, and hopefully uh, we're going to clean it up a bit. Today, we're going to talk about, and this comes from one of our elite members in our Complete Player program. That means that he gets to meet with us twice a week. He sends us personal messages, texts, DMs, and we are constantly looking at his film. He's an open player. His name is Mike Lessel. And uh, as an elite member, he gets full, unencumbered access to us. Our basic members, they just don't get to really... We try not to embrace all of the DMs that they send us, but they still get all of their video analyzed in our private Facebook group. Mike is one of the guys who is taking this program to the nth degree and absolutely crushing it. And he's seeing progress week after week because he's put his game in our hands and we've got a four person coaching staff just for our online group. And uh, it's pretty cool to see the wins that he's able to generate from that. So Mike, Congratulations. And uh, what Mike was asking about in the last meeting was what qualities should you look for in a partner? What are the most important skills you can have in a partner and what you should look and. Then, you know, we kind of redesigned it uh, to be a little clickbaity, but we said how to land a unicorn in a park. So that's everything that we're going to talk about today. Uh, But I I do want to just recap. The last weekend was awesome. We went coast to coast. So me, Matt, who's on air with us, uh, Chad Mercado and Logan Weber, we all went to New York, my hometown. Uh, I'm from Queens. I grew up playing volleyball in Long Beach. That's where I cut my teeth. And it was so nice to go back home. The restaurants, the inn, and uh, Swing Bellies, thank you so much for hosting us, East End Volleyball. We're proud to be your beach volleyball education partner, so I'm glad it worked out so well. But we had about 36 souls out there for three days in the heat, in the humidity, and I'll say this, the people were just awesome. Now, without shooting ourselves in the foot, it can be exhausting to talk volleyball for 12 hours all day. <laughs> and then at dinner, all the campers, they continue to want to talk about volleyball. <laughs> we understand. We, I mean, that's why we're in it. We love it. Um, but these, these campers, they just asked about our lives. It was like hanging out with just friends and buddies. We partied afterwards. We had nice dinners where we were just invested in each other's lives and that was the community that we want to build so to all the new york campers thank you so much you were awesome to the 13 guys that came and worked with brandon in a small group brandon and jake urutia who was helping them out avp player jake urutia from jersey Um, they as well had awesome time Um, brandon asked for some extra per diem to treat them for a few drinks and of course we okayed it uh, he said these guys couldn't be cooler. So uh, really successful weekend for us as a company. And just going forward, uh, the events coming up, I'll just read them off. We have August 6th, Intro to Beach Volleyball Fundamentals that will for sure sold out. People have been booking that soon. So it's a six hour course on a Sunday. That's in Hermosa. Um, August 9th to 11th, we're still waiting for a bunch of sign ups from our kids groups. So ages 8 to twelve. If you want five hours for three days in a row, come to Hermosa Beach. You have to sign up in advance. That's August 9th to 11th. August 20th, women's B and A players were doing advanced defensive techniques and tactics. That's also in Hermosa. Brandon is going home to Virginia Beach for a two-day clinic August 24th to 25th, which is a Thursday and a Friday. That's an evening two-day clinic. So if you guys are on the East Coast, Go hit him up. That is just in advance of ECSC, which is uh, a really awesome kind of end of season tournament, and usually also ends up with the East Coast Surf Championships. Really cool event. Good weekend to be in Virginia Beach as well. And uh, <laughs> our August twenty fifth to twenty seventh, St. Pete Beach, our home hotel and resort, which is at Postcard Inn in St. Pete, Florida. There's a three day. A mini camp men's and women's levels B and a that's selling fast. We're getting a lot of signups quick. It's going to be hot. It's going to be fun. Uh, and it'll be our first real summer camp in Florida. And that's a three day event. And, uh, the following week after that, September 8th to 10th, we're taking the next level. So men's and women's a and double a, and then of course all of our fall and winter seven day vacations, are on sale. Uh, make sure you're on our email list and you're looking out for them, but please book them. We close those windows early so that we can staff the camps appropriately. So get out there and book them. All right. that are Those are all the announcements from me and from Better Beach. So now we do have Matt Hazel, our head online coach who Let's is go. in St. Pete right Let's now. Go.
1: dude that that makes me so excited to hear about those camps man i i first experienced my camps last year uh it was like the i think my first one was the one right after christmas into the new year and i was like man this is so much fun so many awesome people that come to these and i'm like i can't get enough of it holy cow uh yeah so i'm I'm matt i uh i work with the online program and get to work with these guys hands-on uh twice a week and it's a blast so uh yeah i'm excited to be a part
0: Oh, yeah, um, all right, so Matt, I'm gonna kind of let you run through the first because it seems like I'm gonna have to bring Mackenzie on board. She just woke um, up from her nap, so that's the <laughs> that's uh when when your wife is training to be a professional stunt woman and and you're the at home dad, you get that it. so um, you can just riff for a second while I go get Mackenzie and bring her on air and talk about what qualities you're currently looking for or hoping for in a partner, and I'll be back in about a minute For sure
1: for sure. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it goes back to, uh, I always look at the personality a lot, but obviously you have to know how to play volleyball. Right now I'm playing with this guy. Uh, his name is Joseph Reisen. Uh He's a guy down in Florida. I got a few events coming up, actually. I'm going out to California for two weeks, uh, and it's going to be, the first two are going to be with this guy, Nick DiMatteo. I played with him a decent amount back in California uh, before I moved out here to Florida. And uh, you, you really look for the guy that you mesh with. Obviously, it's great if you're a blocker. I'm a defender. I'm like six foot tall. And so whenever it comes to who I look for in a partner, a big piece of it boils down to do I want to split block or not? Ultimately, I really don't want to. I like to say that's not my best yes. I could try to, but at the end of the day, that's not my best yes. So I knew, I normally look for a a blocker who's willing to full time block for me. Uh, so that's, that's ultimately the start. Uh, Ken has got block, And then also ball control is super important. <laughs> so we can walk through the skills all we want to, uh, Oh, baby Mac, let's go. Yeah. Baby Mac. I won't call her a nickname yet. I'll call her. That yeah. True. We
0: got to save that one. Yeah, we'll Hopefully no that. one finds it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think skills ultimately is a, a big piece of it. Uh, Joe and I, we just took a 21-hour road trip to Wisconsin, uh, and that's that's when you realize, okay, it's a lot more than just volleyball. You have to decide if you're willing to travel with this person, if that's one of your goals. Uh, you, you need to look at their personality and how you guys mesh. Is this person easy? Uh, do you guys communicate well? Are they reliable? Uh, I've had a lot of practices in the past where I was relying on a partner to be there, and then they weren't. And it just reliable. ruined the whole practice. Uh, I think that's another big one to work on. Mark, you can probably take over whenever you want. but I, No, I that's right.
0: huge. I never even yeah. touched on that. But I've for sure ditched the idea of partners, training <laughs> partners, because right. they either consistently showed up late or the second or third time they canceled after us booking those hours, reserving the rest of our life. yeah, uh, And then they just don't show up. And they say, like, oh, I'm tired, and they make some excuse, like, work right. or whatever. Uh, dude, I don't care. Like, we yeah. all have lives. Just you it have hard. to show up. And now yeah. you've ruined three other people's, like, time that they took out of their life right. to train. Number one, at our level, it's 1,000% unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trying to make a living at this, you're trying to play, Um, then it's just, you know, it's a jerk move. And even if you're not professional – You've dedicated hours, babysitters scheduled with your loved ones to take out that chunk of time and plan your practice. And to not show up is inexcusable. Like you get one per season and you have to be apologetic. You have to put in, you know, if it takes you 80 phone calls to get a sub to show up for you, then you do that. Even if it's an A player, like, hey, man, I sent this person. I'm so sorry. Um, won't ever happen again.
1: Right. But, ugh, no yeah. excuse for not showing oh, up. Yeah, huge yeah. pet peeve of mine as well. I always, I always like get frustrated with myself whenever I'm right on time, and whenever mm-hmm. someone bites me, it's like I'm gonna get there early, make sure I'm warm, because uh, it's, it's a privilege to be on the court with a lot of the guys that I'm training with and against, and so I want to make sure that I protect that at all costs. So, I expect the same energy from them as well. All
0: right. <clears throat> um, I heard you talking about traveling together. And, uh, uh, you, know, you know, I'll say that there are people that you'll get along with personally, in person. They could be your best friends and you will hate each other on the court. Uh, <laughs> I see it with friends, you know, buddies. I see it with people who play with their significant other for you know, co ed events, something like that. I know married couples that have <laughs> the best, happiest marriage in the world, but they refuse to play with each other uh, on the court. They just won't play volleyball with each other, which part of that makes me sad, but part of it also makes me happy that they're recognizing, like, this is where we don't vibe, you know? <laughs> and what's there. more important? Am I supposed <laughs> to save my marriage or, like, you, you try to be at the top of the A co-ed circuit you know in <laughs> West Virginia <laughs> uh hey, that's, you, a big so, goal.
1: that's a big goal it is that's
0: yeah. uh, west virginia has got a lot of legit grass leagues so um uh, I, you know the first the first thing and we talk about this like in our player thing you have to understand what your goal is when you're playing that's number 1 are you there to try to be the best are you there to get exercise? Are you there to just have fun? You know, if you don't have the answer to that, and the other person doesn't know your answer, so I'm not saying that they actually have to have the same goal. We know this from like high school sports and college. You know, some of the best college players in the world are there, not necessarily because they love volleyball, but it pays for their education, <laughs> or you know, it's putting them through college. Or some others, like this is where all their friends are. You know, we see that a lot in high school and club. Well, all their friends are there. So they're going to play. And if they still follow the team rules and they do everything that's necessary, then they're a great athlete or, or a great part of the team. So you don't have to have the same goals, but you have to have the conversation of what this person's goals are. Um, and if you, and if you don't have that conversation, it can be dangerous because, you know, I, I might be trying to be the best in the world and you might be out there just socializing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so we're not going to be trying to do the same thing or have the same attitudes.
1: Yeah. It creates a false expectation, right? Like it's, it's something that you're expect you're expecting them to be in the same shoes that you are. If you don't have that conversation, So whenever you have the conversation, it totally clears everything up for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my, one of my, my,
1: my best,
0: uh, volleyball relationship in terms of enjoyment and success, uh, was with Kurt Topple. And I tell this story a lot at, at camps, but I was told that Kurt Topple did not play beach volleyball to make money. Didn't play to be the best. He had a, very fruitful college and indoor professional career. And he was like, you know, I could work all winter, play three events and be in the negative. He was just last year I was playing in wherever in the middle East and making 200,000 for a season win or lose. So it didn't make sense for him financially. So the only way that he was enjoying playing or would continue to play is if he was having fun. If he was hanging out, you know, he was staying fit, and he was still very good and very confident. So, me being a grinder at the time, I had to accept that he wanted to giggle, socialize, enjoy himself, and uh, and I wanted to work. And we both had that conversation. You know, I I knew where he was. I was always hoping that I could turn him, <laughs>
1: but I didn't, I <laughs> like, didn't you know, expect. This, right. Yeah. Right. Let's
0: let's let's do an Olympic run. <laughs> let's do that. Um, you don't want
1: to do two a days. What the heck? Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we take that, you know, now when I'm playing co-ed with Janelle um, and for sure, once this one grows up, my number one is going to be fun. I, I will that. be there awesome. for them. So if it means that I'm going to argue with the other team about whether a ball was in or out, or I'm going to turn and tell a joke to my wife or make my daughter smile, Mm. I know my priority, you know, it's to make these girls have fun. And so that will help me curb that. But if Janelle says, Hey, you know, I actually really want to get good with this. Can you help coaching me? Then all right, you know, shoot, you've got a new goal. I can assist with that. Um, And then we can flip, like, I'm not going to make a joke every, every point (laughs) unless that makes you good.
1: No. Man, did you find it a challenge? What was the biggest challenge with with those two different headspaces between you and Kurt? And how did you approach that?
0: I had to learn some hard lessons because of the people that I turned off um, over the years. You know, I from from high school, I like lost friends because I would just push everybody. Mm-hmm. Physically, to the limit, if if I didn't think that they were giving 100% at all time, I would let them know. Um, and you don't make friends that way. You win. You become a great version of yourself if you always lead the way. So, you know, if, if I'm asking somebody to give 100%, I'm definitely giving 110. That is a really self-defeating <laughs> personal trait. Because you can elevate people, but if you have that in your head, so I always need to be the hardest per, per, uh, hardest worker in the room, right? Now, when I'm asking somebody else to work hard, I will demand that I work harder than them. And then I will think, hey, you're not working as hard as me. So it's a really dangerous place to be in if you're relying on other people's attitudes and, and effort. But there has to be some some level where you say, "Hey, this is this is an unacceptable behavior, especially on a team." But a lot of that has to come from agreements. And I never had those agreements in like my twenties, um, in college, anything like that. It was just on our college team, it was accepted, and a few people we, the captains, removed from the team. Wow. Coach removed a couple, but we, as captains, we we removed a few, and they're like, "What? You're kicking me off the team?" Very like, remember the Titans? Like, yes, you Blow are out. out. You won't belong here. Out. But you take that to a partner. <clears throat> now you're traveling to a bunch of countries, and you're always just nipping at their heels because they're not doing something well enough, or fair. not doing fair. something hard enough. It's not fair to them. Um, and without that conversation and without them being able to give it back to you, you can break relationships. So I learned by losing a few partners that I pushed too hard, um, or that I just wasn't accepting of how hard work looked for them. Mm. And then when I got to Kurt, who is this monster six, nine elevating shoulders above the net, like, wait a second. This is a guy that when I see him play, I could see him being a top 20 blocker in the world. Wow. Uh but a mentor told me Kurt needs to have fun. If he doesn't, he's out. And so I had him as a coach. You know, I hired him as a coach because he knew Kurt well, and uh, and I got along with him great. And that was a great relationship. But you know, shocker, money ran out, <laughs> and <laughs> Kurt eventually, you know, just started playing like two or three tournaments that were in the South Bay. And those were the ones that he that he went for, you know, so had a great year with him, had the most fun I'd ever had playing volleyball and traveling. And we because we accepted each other, because we had some conversations about it, it was beautiful.
1: Wow, that's cool. Now, yeah. <clears throat> did it take time to figure out that that's the kind of player that you want to be? Did you meet someone that grinded and worked hard and you were like, oh, let me try that? Or was that something that was just natural? I know you mentioned it in college. Or, or was there someone that kind of like put that in you?
0: I don't know. I, you know when you're trying to like psychology yourself and you're like, what happened in my childhood that made me respect <laughs> hard work like more than winning? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would rather somebody see me as a champion or, or I would rather everyone know that I would – put everything on the line and do everything I could Mm. in the face of adversity. Like what label would I rather have on me? (sighs) I think like when I talk to myself, it's making sure everybody knows that I gave a hundred percent effort. And I, you know, I, I don't know if that happened in my childhood, if somebody said something one day or I got in trouble for something one day. Um, But that's just always who I've been. It just took a while to recognize that uh, that could turn people off. Yeah. so um but no matter what moral of the story is you have to be on the same page with the person you're playing next to and i will say one thing that people have debated me for a while on i do not think that people are the same person on the court and off the court so if i see you playing and you're a jerk and you talk smack and whatever and i hate you on the court I am able to separate that completely from seeing you away from the tournament, you know, seeing you at a restaurant. What type of person are you? If I see somebody yelling at somebody during like co-ed, you know, dudes like yelling at his wife. I'm not the person that goes, Ooh, must be tough at home. I think just like actors, right? If you play a villain in a movie, I don't think you're a murderer in real life. I think this is your stage. So you're allowed to be whoever you want on your athletic stage. And most people do. And that's why you can see marriages that are super happy at home and like, you know, die married, which is almost rare now, uh, but they cannot play together, <laughs> you know, because they'll be at each other's throat. And that to me <laughs> is complete evidence of this I consider it fact, you don't have to be the same person on the court that you are in real life. And so I don't hold that person against you. Um, And yeah, so when, when you, when you see people and you want to take a look at what type of person they are, separate those two. And then you have to figure out, do I get along with this person on the court and do I get along with, or do I need to get along with them off the court? If you only see each other when you're at a tournament, great. You know, you don't need to hang out. Like, Phil and Todd, they weren't, like, buddies high-fiving each other and tickling each other in the hotel room. (laughs) Like, you know, I think Phil played video games and Todd read a book. um, Literally all the whole time. So they weren't having these, like, full-on best friend conversations, but they were an eight-year bomb partnership. Yeah. Now, so um, take you got to know what you want out of volleyball. You can't start without that. And then you have to try to find somebody who matches that. Now, <laughs> we're saying all that. But in – you're from uh, North Carolina, right? Uh, I'm from Charleston. South, town in North South Carolina. Carolina. God, yeah. why do I always mess up the Carolinas? We're so going to you- get emails about that. Mackenzie <laughs> will not mess up the Carolinas, so don't send Let's me a hate email. Yeah. You don't want to make me cry with your hate emails. (laughs) Um, There might be athletically who you could win open tournaments with in South Carolina. Three, maybe four guys in your region. Maybe none of them match your profile of who you would like your unicorn. So sure. You want to look for that, but you have to accept when you just, can't find it like you can't find the personality that's yours you can't find the same goal set uh, that matches with yours but you got to be accepting of others and that's why I think there's a little microcosm in there for beach volleyball and the world like if you are only looking for somebody's negative for what's wrong if you have eight out of ten things right but you focus on the two things that aren't perfect for you Your relationship is going to be miserable and it is not that person's fault because life secret, there's no tens. Nobody is 10 out of 10 in every single category. And it's just up to you about what you want to focus on. Do you want to focus on how good they are in the categories that they're good at? Or do you want to keep thinking about how this person can't pursue a ball when somebody pokes over their head when they're blocking? Like you could think about that all day and just decide that they are the worst blocker possible, <laughs> right? Cause they don't make one play or you could be like, Oh, he's got three aces, you know, he sets dimes. He side out well enough, but you focus on the like one play that he can't make constantly. That's a bad way to go about life and a bad way to go about partners.
1: Yeah, I feel like a big piece of it is choosing battles. I think, I think there's a lot of, I feel like in, in every single partnership, you're going to have some sort of battle that you may not approve of, but you got to choose which one you're like, okay, I can get by with this one. This is what yeah. I'm okay. And I don't think setting's one of those. I feel like that's something that's pretty important, passing and setting. I feel like that's pretty solid, right? But when Yikes. it comes to where, how, how is this blocking? Is he able to turn and make that play off of the dink over him? At that point, it's like, all right, that's a battle I'm willing to fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm ready to chase down balls every single time you get served. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think I want to fight that battle. Um, so it is important to see, okay, what is his strengths? What is his weaknesses? And I feel like that helps you be able to be a solid partner to that person uh, even better.
0: <clears throat> and when you start playing with somebody, if you if you have the courage to have the conversation on your own. Here's what I'm doing for the AVP guys. Like uh, Travis was playing with Avery and then Travis and JD, I didn't really need to do it because they have a, a long history. So they've, they've had a lot of talks about their strengths and weaknesses. But now when I talk to pros as a, I guess I'm an AVP coach now. Um, but when I talk to them, I go guys, there's skills that, you know, I can't improve. I can't improve in the next couple weeks, but what you guys need to be on is on the same page. And we need self-awareness. And how do you develop self-awareness? You need other people to talk about things. Right? So, can you hear me? made a face. Matt? Oh, no. Are we frozen? I hope we're doing all right. All right, Matt, yours got a little frozen.
1: Yeah, I think we're back now.
0: Okay. Um, if you could put your camera on when you get a chance, that'd be great. Yeah,
1: I don't know. what just happened.
0: Cool. Okay. So, oh, uh, the camera is now focusing on Mackenzie. All right. <laughs> Self-awareness. <Those are> <laughs> get <off. laughs> Yeah. AI is tracking my baby. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have the conversation of, hey, what do you think the two weakest parts of my game are? And what do you think the two things that I do well? Like, if you needed to put a bragging sheet on me, how would you brag about my game? If you needed to do a scouting report on me, what would you pick apart? Players don't have these conversations with each other. You know, and that's a nightmare because nobody ever learns what all of the other enemies out there are trying to pick apart. You know, you might be so self unaware that you don't actually know. You might be insecure about a certain cut shot and nobody else is paying attention to your cut shot. Like they think it's valid or it's good enough. And they're just saying service left shoulder because we get a bunch of aces off his left shoulder and everybody in your neighborhood knows that. So you have to have that conversation. And for me <laughs> with the, <laughs> with the AVP guys, that's what I'm doing now is I'm forcing them to have those tough conversations uh, of what's his biggest weakness? What would you pick apart? What do you want him to do? Like you're playing with him for a reason. So tell me two things that you really want him to do. And first of all, it's a, it's a pretty fun conversation. when you get to the positives, but nobody looks at the negatives like, Oh, you're a jerk. Like, huh? Okay might agree with it might not but you get that little like upside down frown upside down smile kind of like thinking face right. you know um and you figure it out from there so that's that's what people have to do with each other is scout each other and treat it like that because <laughs> people can change but only if they know what they have to change you know when i look at at, at you if i was thinking like man uh no i'm not going to play with matt cuz he's early all the time you know, so he always gets himself under the ball. Do yeah. I say that and then never play with you again? Do I be your partner and then just sulk every time I see you early? Or do I say, hey, Matt, I think, you're, I think you're consistently early and it puts you in trouble. And I know you side out really well when you stay behind it. So let's grind on that for two, three weeks. Instead of thinking that this is just some permanent quality that this person has and you never talk about it, never discuss it, and never sit there and work on it for three weeks. I I think that's what happened to Logan and Evan. You know, they kind of just got through the grind. They stopped seeing massive quick success. And uh, now it's the Hagen and and Logan show and, and Troy and Evan. But it happens to a lot of partners because they just think somebody can't do it instead of asking them to work on a very specific thing for a lot of time in a row. And everybody's always willing to work on something they think is a weakness if they know it's a weakness. And they know that their partner believes in them and believes that they can make that change.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I I think belief in each other is is a big piece of that, too. Um, Because ultimately, I I love, I think I saw a video of, I think it was Sam Shock, uh, the AVP sent it out. And it was this video about partnerships. And one thing he said is, I'm probably about to butcher this completely, but something along the lines of, I want to know that as soon as I show up to that tournament, I'm showing up with somebody who is, We've done our best. We've put our best foot forward together, and we believe in each other, and we're going to leave it all out there. And I I think about that all the time. I'm like, okay, am I doing this in my partnership too? Am I like, Mm -hmm. I'm behind Joe 24-7 every single day of the week. We're going to be out there battling together uh, rather than whenever we get on the court, it's me versus him. No, it's us versus the other team. We're going to put our work against their work. And whoever comes out on top, we did our best. Mm -hmm. But just trying to create that headspace in my game too, I think.
0: Yeah. And, you know, also, hey, what are we working on today? Uh, For all of you juniors coaches out there or people who are dealing with coaches, those coaches who make a correction after every point, you're ruining your athletes. If your only commentary as a coach is on what just happened, so because of that, next play, <laughs> next play, do this. You're you're not a coach. You're just some – you're a fan. You're a Monday morning quarterback. Like, you don't prove any brilliance by seeing what just went wrong. You only prove that you're a great coach if you can get people to focus, <laughs> focus their mind. <laughs> I know. The camera's following her. Is <laughs> Thank awesome. you, baby. Okay, bye, <laughs> is bye Internet. <laughs> it's already still on the show. Already oh, yeah. still on the show. That's right. We got a tax credit for that. So we're good. <laughs> Baby's a model. Get to pay her $12,000. we are set.
1: Let's go. Let's go.
0: Um. All right. But uh, where were we? I don't know. I got distracted too. No, I don't know. Yeah, sorry everybody for losing train of thought. But oh, uh, to coach, keep coaches, 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 who were brilliant um, because of what they just saw, you know. And then you, you've now by the yeah. time you've finished, what's well, twenty one nineteen? Okay, so you finished forty points, and you've given your team because they made an error on nineteen of them. You've given them nineteen different things to work on. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot as a coach. Sorry just shut your mouth and it'll be better. Like you need to say what are we doing this match? What are we going for? This is the goal that we want to make sure that we're doing. Like when we worked with Travis um and JD 7th in Hermosa there were three things that I needed them to do. Everything else did not matter. Wasn't like talking about keeping your hands together earlier, wasn't talking about doing anything else, wasn't talking about hey maybe a jump set there. It was just Travis, stay a little wider and make sure that you walk into everything, right? And then uh, JD, just make sure that you get behind the ball earlier and you stay back and you just stay away from your cut shot. Like Those are the things that we had determined for one of those matches. All right. And that's wow. it. Now it's, hey, oh, that's all I have to say. Hey, and Travis was turning around, looking at me going, yeah, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Won't do it again. <laughs> um. And and that's how you that's how you find that you're able to fix. You're able to continue have uh, your players have more confidence, right? Because you're chasing goals instead of harping on errors. You know. So, for for any of you who are playing with your partner or you're trying to select qualities, whatever, ask them the two things that you're promising that you will do for that match the keys to the match you know they do this in in soccer they do it in football they do it in ufc what are this person's three keys that they have to do well to to have their best game against that opponent if you don't have that discussion the three things that we need to do on our side to win this match start having it with your partner and that'll open up a lot of conversations for you and then sometimes just don't get ahead of yourself because if you don't have the physical or skillful ability to do the things that you're choosing as your keys you shouldn't select them right like we have to jump set to win well we've never jump set ever (laughs) let's try
1: it (laughs) yeah not your time
0: (laughs) um let's move on to like the skills just in order because uh this is supposed to be a quick set so it should be over in 30 minutes but we'll, we'll let it run for another six minutes For me, setting is number one. And I will tell you why. And people will say, no, passing. Um, I'll tell you why setting is number one. A setter can ruin a world-class passer and a world-class hitter. A fantastic setter can repair near anything. If you are the world's greatest setter, you if your partner makes you dive, if you have to poke set, if you need to kick it, you can put it where it needs to be for offense, right? Ricardo was so frustrating to play against because Ty Loomis, I remember the one match, Ty Loomis was just getting a bunch of digs, but they were sloppy digs. And I was like, okay, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. And Ricardo just kept laying up masterpiece sets, no matter where Ty dug, no matter where he was. And then he's sitting there. He's always attacking from four feet off the net, right on his right arm. And it's like, man, we did everything right to get them out of system and they are right back like clockwork. Wow. So it was, it was near impossible to beat them when he was setting like that. And it, it wasn't reliant on Ty having perfect digs. That's not why they won. He had awful digs. Ricardo's running everywhere. He got a lot of touches, but Ricardo's running everywhere, and he's just laying up perfect sets. So a, a elite setter can repair bad passers and then put them in system again. But a bad setter will ruin even the greatest hitters and the greatest passers. So my number one is setting. I don't care anything else you can do. And if you need to get on a higher level court, Logan talked about this in New York. Uh, if you want to get on a higher level court, what's the one of the best feelings in volleyball is when you get a nice hit. You feel in rhythm, everything's good, and it's clean. You stay there. If you're the person that delivers that feeling for somebody else all the time, they're going to like you. They're going to want to play right? If I need to work on stuff, I can always not serve you. If you're the scrub on the court, I could serve the other guy. But so long as you can set, now we can play an elite match because we could just do a side out game where we sit, we serve the good player and you have the one touch that matters, right? Which is the set. If you can do that one thing, well, all right. In my training, I'll serve the open player who can pass and attack at that level. And you might be an A player in every other department, but your setting is immaculate. We can have a very, very competitive match, even if the rest of your level is not with us. So for me, setting, number one. Then I'll put in passing right after that. Um, Because it is easier to set. But if you're a setter who's like, well, I didn't set it because look where you're passing grow up <laughs> grow up you know <laughs> set like a big boy or or a big girl this is your <laughs> job it's your touch now no matter where the ball is my yeah. job isn't to make you sit still my job is to allow you to get your hands on it and then you put it where it needs to be but i understand everyone's got limitations but if you always blame a pass for your bad set grow up yeah you yeah, got to be I- able to do it while you're diving running sprinting whatever
1: yeah the the nice thing about setting is you can do that on your own that's not something that you need somebody to work on yes over and over and over again in your house or wherever you're at just have a ball in your hands just setting it 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 goes so far right
0: and you could have you can have your mom like hey mom do you know how to throw a ball underhand there aren't yeah. too many people that can't throw a ball underhand so <laughs> boom. Now you're in an offensive design right, and a good right. layout. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the people that have taken our, you know, a little sales pitch for our 30 our day setter course online. If you guys just head to betteratbeach.com and you look at online courses, we have a 30 day setter blueprint. It is 30 days of drills for setting and exercises for setting as well as tutorials and match analyses. So if you do that, We get to look at your video because you do our drills, you record them, you post them to our private Facebook group, and then within 24 hours, that's our coach mandate, within 24 hours, you are going to get your video analyzed by one of us four coaches, and we're going to continue to add more coaches. So if you think your setting needs work and you don't quite know what's going wrong, let us help you. Sign up for it. Um, you, you probably seen some ads run across Facebook, or you might just be getting on our email list, but go ahead, sign up. Let us give you 30 straight days of video analysis coaching for just 39 bucks. Like that's easy. That's an easy decision to fix the most important skill you have. So check it out. Um, I would say, here's what I'll say, like attacking Gotta be next. But the important part for me about attacking is limiting errors. Mm. That to me, limiting errors is more important than your big kills. Um, I don't know how much co ed you watch. I love Coed.
1: Yeah, I'm just I've, I've, I'm just I've kidding. Been, <laughs> I've enjoyed playing it. Coed is cool and all I think Revco is really cool to watch because it's oh, just gosh. Like, I, wailing on a women's
0: net. I love a- watching guys wail on a women's net. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a blast.
0: <sighs> let's All right, let's we're going to get more hate mail. Um so coed. <laughs> yeah, you'll see you'll see teams try to feed the guy and like mm-hmm. the guy kind of Looking at the at the girl and being like, well, I should be the one hitting. I should be the one hitting. The problem with a lot of guys is that they try to just mash. They try to hit as hard as they can, and they make so many errors that if you looked at the stats at the end of the match because of all the dudes hitting errors, bombing into the net or like scudding it out of bounds, the the women, the shorter ball control women, they have a higher hitting percentage because they made one error in the entire match, and they just kept the ball in. And it's like, wait a second, dude, you are the weak link, you know, mm-hmm. you're bleeding points for us. Mm-hmm. So what I said on the previous recording, I was like, if you can just show me that you can hit a flat ball to deep middle 10 times in a row, we are in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. That to me is more impressive than seeing one bounce, one tape, one bounce, one tape. Um yeah. Let's see if we can be crispy in deep middle, and that that'll win matches. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Blocking's my absolute last. As far as skills, like I would like serving because I can put a little a little bit of pressure on some people. It's tough in the beach game with short court to be a legit legit server. Um, it's a small space, and most people have. I will definitely say a height disadvantage. You know because you can. If you can only jump so high, you can only hit the ball so hard. So then it's all spots and making sure that the other team's out of system. But blocking the people who are just looking and hunting for these monsters. Like I remember just being recruited by these older guys when I started because I was six three and be like, you could block, you could block, I need you. Uh, we'll be a great team. Blocking at the highest level is worth two points per set. Wow. You can only, at the highest level, like when Phil was just being excellent, he was at like 1.9 blocks per set. It was uh, Andy who started pushing above two blocks per set. And, okay, at the open, excuse me, at the Sunday AVP level and World Tour level, blocking in the men's game plays a massive role okay but still what are we doing every single point passing and setting right blocking is there it's it's a limited skill and so we tell everybody at our camps guys unless you're an open male player it is not worth you learning to block you have to learn how to peel, have ball control. You're taking up more space. And so for those people who just keep trying to recruit big people instead of the best passer and setter in their region, you need to flip the way you think. Look at, Don't look for the guys who are soaring above the net. Look to see. Once you see that dude jump, then you say, okay, I am going to sit here until I see him set five balls. You know, that's when you make your determination on the quality of, of that person as a player. But to me, settings, everything, and blocking's last.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. Because I, I also, you also have to have the trust in yourself in that area. Like, if you are a defender and you're looking for a blocker, you have to be like, okay, this is something that I can get away with if he's a smaller block because I'm a scrappy defender who's going to get a lot of touches either way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... The plus of a big block is awesome, but like you said, if he can't pass or set, then he can block all the balls he wants to. But that game is already <laughs> over before it even started.
0: Yep, hundred percent. Um, yeah, you know we we were gonna get into how to land that that unicorn partner, but in the end, there, there really isn't a unicorn partner. It's what's best for you. Like no one's ten out of ten in every department you would love to have somebody who can leap, doesn't make hitting errors, sets dimes, passes perfect. That would be fantastic. You're not going to find it. And if you just keep looking for it and thinking that you need to find somebody, this is like relationship coaches, right? And and personal development coaches. You keep having broken relationships in your life, there is one consistent variable. It's you fix what you can fix in yourself and then just look for positives in other people and celebrate them. You get a better life, you become a better partner. And if you're somebody who celebrates partners, people like feeling good. You know, they like receiving compliments. So uh, the people that do come out to California and they get super hard on themselves during practice and you see how dejected they get really quick you don't call that person for practice again. You're like, this, this guy just loses it every time. Right? So that's somebody that you can avoid being. Don't be the person who is visibly hard on yourself because everybody's like, man, is this dude pissed off again? Is he losing it? He's um, always sad. Be the person that chucks out compliments, is competitive, works hard, shows up on time, like we talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And then people will be attracted to you and they'll play with you just because they enjoy your presence. Cause maybe that unicorn doesn't want to be in the best in the world. Maybe they just want to have a good time. Right. You know? And that might be your pickup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a big part of that is just, you know, like, whenever I first moved out to California, I was just kind of like, what's it going to take for me to pick up a guy that I need right now? What's mm-hmm. it going to And, and I was talking to a lot of pretty high level guys and majority of them just said, Let's see. Can you still see me? Sorry, I'm, yeah. I think I my, my was kind of going out, but he's like, what's it going to take? I was like, what's it going to take for me to get a guy that may be better than me right now? Um <laughs>
0: I hope you come back, Matt. You're about to lay a, a gem. Guys in the audience, I know we can't hear from you, so I don't know if you are hearing Matt or not. Matt, I don't know if you can hear me or not. All right, we'll give him 10 seconds, and hopefully that internet reappears. But guys, if you want to hear more from Matt, easy. You just got to join our online player program. Complete player program. If you go to betterbeach.com forward slash coaching, that'll tell you everything you need to know about it. Uh, I don't know if Matt's internet is going to come back, but we've gone way beyond our time. So I will say... If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a rating. Please share it with whoever you think it would give value to. And we are going to keep trying to have these little quick ones a little bit quicker than this. 50 minutes is too long for my taste. So we're trying to get a little 30, 35-minute bits for you all summer long. And uh, hope to see you guys at a camp sometime. That'd be cool. If you have any questions or you want your questions answered on air, we cherry pick from our elite members first. Then we go to our basic members, and after that, we go to social media. One of the groups we look at a lot is Volleyball Tips, Volley Chat by Better at Beach Volleyball. That is on Facebook. Look in there. It's a great way to connect with players in every city. And you can ask a lot of questions. We have AVP and FIVB referees and a bunch of pro players and coaches in there who are answering everybody's questions. Um, That is not where we do our video analysis. That's a private group for our complete players who join our online program. But that Community Volleyball Tips, Volley Chat by Better Beach Volleyball, that is where you can post a bunch of questions. And if we happen to scroll by and we like it, we might answer your question on air. Uh, That is it from me and I'll say goodbye for Matt since he got interrupted. So thank you so much for listening. Hope we gave you some value and we'll see you on the sand later.